0: How's the lights down? Welcome to the Post Sunday Blues, a preaching postmortem, and I'm here once again with my friend and preacher this past Sunday at Liberty Collingswood, Dr. Eric Mitchell. Eric, how are you? Doing well, my friend. Pulled into the parking lot. Hopefully no roofing nails. That's in right. The, uh, in the old truck tires. Yeah, we shall see. At the church that we're renting from, we, Howland Wolves, we are there's major construction and we're worried about nails. There, there, there is specifically like a a very sinking feeling when you go back out to your car and you see a flat tire that's yeah. that's the worst
1: yeah and to be clear it's not it's uh it's necessary construction on the roof yeah not aesthetic <laughs> construction <laughs> inside
0: yeah one one other thing about that the uh also true uh, the apparently with this old sanctuary the roof is cement which is causing construction Headache, or it, the the reconstruction is more complicated because there's yeah. cement in the roof, which I've never heard of before. I don't understand. It's 1960s church construction tactics. Yeah, I, I guess we're lucky that it's not like asbestos flavored cement. Uh, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along, so we are going to dive into Eric's sermon from all of Genesis chapter 20 this past week. As always, a really good sermon. And calling it Stormy Monday, Eric, what was uh, – I, I have New Orleans on my mind right now. Yeah. The, what, what was in your gumbo sermonic pot going into the – preaching the sermon, Genesis 20?
1: Yeah, there was a lot, man. It was, it was one of those passages when, um, you know, a month – you know, five, five, six weeks ago, whenever it was, <coughs> where yeah. you, this ended up being the week that I was going to preach. I looked, and here's the passage. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just looked at it quickly to see what it was, a little right. bit of like a preaching text roulette uh, when I sort of picked my Sundays based on what the best weeks I'm available then whatever text that happens yep. to be on your spreadsheet it is. Yeah,
0: which doesn't always happen that way, but it yeah. happened that the sermons were already ske- – the texts were yeah. already scheduled out, right. and then you just right. chose one based on yeah, overall bet, schedule. Yeah, better fit
1: that. for schedule, yeah. And, um, and I read the passage like quickly, you know, again, five, six weeks ago, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have no idea where I am going to end up going with this yep. thing. Um, but as I studied it and got into it, man, I really felt like there was a lot, um, that potentially could have gone in and we can talk a little bit more of that in the next section. But, you know, I think as I was studying the passage over the last couple of weeks and I started again for sermon, uh, preparation, calendar reasons, I, I probably did a little bit more the week prior than I did last week, Mm -hmm. like at least compared to normal schedule. Um, and so I had a long time to like marinate. Um, in the gumbo, to, yeah. to simmer, for, to simmer—that's probably a better analogy. To simmer with the gumbo.
0: Marinated gumbo is my favorite kind uh, yeah, of gumbo. Totally. You gotta <laughs> marinate
1: the meat, maybe, and then put it in the gumbo, and then it simmers. But um, maybe so I had a little bit of a longer time to uh, to simmer, and um, yeah, man, it was it was really exciting. I, I really felt like I would not have expected when I began to study the passage that like God's grace was yep. going to be like a big theme. Though right. I mean, you know, that is arguably, potentially, like, the main central theme of the entire scriptures, So sure. um, it's there. But, you know, but that was just kind of one of those things that as I was studying the passage, thinking about the passage, there was all kinds of, like, different, like, little things to touch on here and there, things I decided to leave out um, to just really focus on this idea of God being gracious, um, his promises being true, despite Abraham's foolishness, despite yep. crazy circumstances and situations. Um you know, and how that's true for us, for his people, uh, even now. And so that was kind of the the main thing that I was excited to get across and wanted to to come across in the sermon um, and, and wanted people to hear, even though it's coming from a strange, maybe not totally straightforward passage.
0: Yeah. One of the things, Eric, that Emily and I have talked about on recent pods is if if sermons in Christian churches are preached from Genesis, these are not the chapters that will get hit most sure. most often. So you'll yeah. have Genesis one and two creation, maybe the fall, maybe the beginning of the Abraham story, then just like scattered stories, and then maybe Joseph at the end of Genesis. For sure. yeah. And yeah. and or the the word that I've used multiple times is the, the romance of preaching straight through. Yeah. Genesis is that, at least for me, by contrast if i'm preaching through a letter of paul and i see what sermon text is coming up for a given sunday i'll have a basic idea of what it's yeah. about and what i might say about it even before i sit down with with a ceramic tip pen to supernote <laughs> right now but uh, the yeah but more often than not with these passages from genesis I got nothing. Yeah. And I just start looking at the passage, reading commentaries, and praying that, yeah. that, that God would meet me in the construction process. See what happens.
1: Yeah, which I think is really fun, honestly. I mean, I, I really enjoy, I think, preaching from, like, Old Testament narrative and some of these longer passages of Scripture. Yep. Um, yeah, I've only done it a handful of times. It's not typically our practice. But even when we preach from a New Testament letter or a gospel, we usually preach from a slightly larger chunk. We don't go too too small. Yeah. So there's only been a couple times in my life where I've preached like a whole sermon on just like a couple of verses. Yeah, like, I just, I
0: just not my. That's just not my jam. I mean, I like. Yeah. I don't think that's super smart from a hermeneutical or interpretive perspective. Either, yeah, to it, take yeah, passages it's, that yeah, it's yeah, it's not my favorite. too small. But yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, you can dig into some like detail stuff, but like I don't know the, the broader, sweepy stuff is more. I think in some ways it's more fun. Yeah. To like connect dots and look for bigger themes rather than just like dig really deep into like a single clause or right. a single word. Yeah. It's like, I don't know.
0: You know, I, I think John Piper listens to this podcast, but he's not happy right now because his servant series, like from Romans way back in the day, would be like, uh, Romans eight twenty eight C. Yeah. Right, like, <laughs> would MacArthur, be, like yeah. Say, oh, MacArthur. Yeah. Oh, MacArthur even more. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those guys, it's kind of wild. So, and
1: we and like it, those guys <clears throat> just,
0: just to be clear.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. We, yeah, we just used to preach a little bit larger chunks. So. Yep. Um, even though I did listen to a passage, I did listen to a sermon as an aside from John Piper one time where he, I think he quoted like the entire book of Philippians from memory. He had like, oh yeah, memorized it. I don't right. know if You ever saw that? It kind of was famous. I might have been back when I was like undergrad. I think.
0: Yeah, I think I remember that too. Um, and so that he preached a larger chunk uh, <laughs> yeah. in that particular sermon, longer right. than I've ever preached. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, Eric, we're talking about the passage. Let's go into Sun Studios. Presence of the Lord. What you got, Abraham, Abimelech, and Sarah? What jumped out to you when you were putting all this stuff together?
1: Yeah, man. There's a lot that jumped out to me in this passage. A couple of things that I wrote down um, that I wanted to touch on. A couple of them I really, I found really interesting, but I didn't really make key important parts of the sermon. But I think one of the real interesting like ironies of the passage mm-hmm. so that I, that I didn't lean into is the fact that. Um, well, I did. I, I did obviously talk about this first part, like Abraham's foolishness. So, like Abraham is portrayed very clearly as one who is like unrighteous, yeah, or acting unrighteous, doesn't right. fear God, um, doesn't trust God, making real boneheaded decisions. For and sure. then you have this like pagan king that, on the surface at least, seems to be the like the picture of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Like he right. um, takes Sarah into his harem, but thinks he's doing it. With clean hands and innocent heart, he says, and God even affirms, "Yes, I know you had clean hands and innocent yeah. heart. Um, he didn't touch her. He one of the things I didn't mention in the sermon is that after that revelation from God overnight, it says that he arose like early in the morning. So like he hmm. doesn't delay. Like in his like response to God's revelation, he's like yep. up and early. Yeah, you know, convenes uh, you know his council or whatever, tells him what's going on. He acts immediately. Yep." Um, confronts Abraham in like a very like fair but like straightforward way to say you have done something you should not have done. Yeah. I mean, he's like he's like you know he's he's practicing like some good like Christian community almost, and the way he's confronting there um, is really generous to Abraham. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's it's kind of insane that the way this guy acts in the story, and there's this real picture of like Abraham, um, yeah, like assuming the place of, of an unrighteous person and this pagan king. Abimelech, uh, assuming, uh, the place of a righteous person displaying the faith that the father of the faith should be displayed, but it's not. Yeah. Um, I think that's maybe one of the most fascinating things. Yeah. It just seems kind of insane. Um, but I, but I didn't really focus on that. Yeah.
0: Um, it is really interesting. Yeah. It's kind of, you talked about common grace during the sermon. Yeah. Well. And,
1: and that's actually the thing that turned me from actually focusing on this. Some of the commentaries I read really leaned hard into this idea, um, into what i just said and even one sermon i listened to the the preacher really pounded on it and i just but but i think when i that that verse i don't have the passage right in front of me you do but yep in the verse where 6 or whatever it is where god um where God says that he is the one that, like, withheld Abimelech from touching yeah. Sarah. It
0: was I who kept you from sinning against me.
1: Yeah, I'm just like, oh, that, like, changes this whole thing because, right. like, it wasn't Abimelech's, like, piety yeah. um, necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's, like, God, like, intervening in some, like, miraculous and sovereign and powerful ways. Yeah. And so that's why I sort of leaned that. I ended up leaning that direction more, even though there's still something to be said for Abimelech's, um, the fact that he, you know— Acted, you know, righteously at first, and he does respond to God quickly mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But, but that part with like God's common grace and restraining sin, yeah, kind of being this um, actor behind the actor, I thought was really interesting. So I ended up leaning more into that, and it fit better with like the,
0: the topic of the sermon. Yeah, it,
1: it kind of would have been a, a goofy aside to right to go too deeply into like Abimelech's righteousness because that wasn't really the point of the thing, anyway. right?
0: Yeah, but that is super interesting. And then in your commentary work, Eric, did you see? Were, were there any attempts either in the specific authors that you read or Mm -hmm. did they reference other artists, uh, other artists, Artists. the the artist (laughs) formerly (laughs) known as Abraham of, of people that tried to, would try to defend Abraham's behavior or, or or was it pretty uniformly like, Hey, this guy's. No. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't read
1: anything to the, I mean, I I think I looked at three commentaries. I listened to one sermon. Um, net Bible notes, which I always like to look at as well. I didn't, I don't think I saw anything anywhere that anybody was trying to defend his actions. Yeah, yeah, he just seems like a moron in this passage. It just seems so obvious. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then also just to interject there, one of the things that we've discovered going through this sermon series in Genesis is that behavior is often tied to geography. So in Genesis 12, when Abraham goes down to Egypt, yep. he's outside of the Promised Land, and is behaving badly there. And then at the beginning of this passage, from there Abraham journeyed towards the territory of the Negev and lived between yep. Kadesh and Shur, yep. and he sojourned in a Gerar. So yeah. that that's a that's a clue. And I I'm increasingly convinced that there is something. The first earlier on when I read it, you know, the first passage I came across, I was like, nah, is that yeah. really the case? But there there does seem to be something to pay attention to. Right. The geographical directionality of characters in Genesis, including right here.
1: Yeah. One, one little nugget that I didn't include in the sermon as well. Nugget. I was going to mention it in guitar slim pickings, but I'll throw it out there yeah. now. In Genesis 12, when Abraham and Sarah commit this same ruse, this same little scheme, mm-hmm. um, they the text says that they go down to Egypt because of a famine. And I believe, if I have it right, yeah. I think God even tells them to go. I was um,
0: in, it, it was be, a famine. I forget. Because of the, for,
1: because of the famine. Oh, just
0: to um, survive.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then here in this passage, there's no explanation given to why he went to Gerar. Interesting. So there's no like there was a famine or God told him or like yeah. the wells were dry or like. Right. It seems like possibly at least it seems like even just in his own going, mm-hmm. he's he's displaying some like unfaithfulness even in just leaving the promised land. Like, yeah. why did he leave Mamre? Like, why did he leave the place where these angelic prophets visited him and made this promise? Like, he just decided, like, oh, my wife's going to be right. pregnant within mm-hmm. the next few months if she's going to have a baby within a year, nine mm-hmm. months, you know? It's yeah. like there's a pretty short window. Let me just wander on down the road and set up camp for a while. I
0: wonder what's going, to, what going on in gurar Like, it doesn't make like it, a concert?
1: Right, yeah. Is there a <laughs> festival? Fire fest? What's going on? He just wanted to. Uh, he just wanted to get down there. Um, <laughs> Burning man. Yeah, it doesn't. I'm looking at Genesis 12 now. It doesn't say that God told him to go, but it said there was a famine in the land, so Abraham. Yep. So Abram went to Egypt. So. Yep. Um, but anyway, so but there's no reason given. Um, in Genesis uh, 20 here, which I think is kind of interesting, that it seems like he's just sort of wandering around for no reason. Yeah. Um, which seems kind of strange too.
0: Right. Yeah, and then I also appreciated, Eric, how you uh, packed in some systematic theology as well in, in anticipation of Theology 101. Stuffed it in there. The immutability and the trustworthiness of sure. God. Sure, Yeah, Yeah, I, and I, I felt like it connected. If, if we see God acting faithfully and graciously here, the faithfully... Uh, relates to the immutability and the graciously, I guess, to both, but also the trustworthiness.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and again, that was kind of one of those things where there was a, ma- a big theme that jumped out in this passage, is like, the, here's this covenant promise, it's the main <clears throat> through, I mean, again, you could say it's the main through line of the whole Bible, I guess, but it's certainly, yeah. like, the topic of these chapters in Genesis, and specifically of this biological heir yep. of mm-hmm. Abraham and Sarah, Um and like God has made this promise, like it's going to happen. And mm-hmm. then like he's God's kinda gotta say, like, Whoop, I gotta I gotta ensure this happens and like he does, man. Yep. You know, like he's he makes sure that his word comes true um and that what he says comes to pass and he's uh interested in doing so and able to do so. And, yeah. Um so yeah, so I just thought it would be interesting there. I mean, and who doesn't love the word immutability. I mean, <laughs> it's, just,
0: it's just a great word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it is pretty, uh, I don't know how deep Scott Floughton is going to go with Theology 101 with some of this stuff, but immutability is uh, both fascinating. I believe that it's true in the history of theology. It's been contested at different points. Totally. Uh, yeah. How How immutability comports with God's, Personalism or personality? Sure. And, yeah. And, and my answer is the Trinity. Boom. The Trinity. <laughs> when, when in doubt, the the, the Trinity. A, a couple of smaller things I wanted to click on here with the passage, Eric. But do you have any other bigger things before we? No,
1: could... I mentioned. Yeah, I mentioned that, that common grace element already. Yeah. I mean, I've you know, as you know, Jim, like I wrote my master's thesis on common grace, and like that's yeah. something that I could really yak on for a while. I right. think it's a really fascinating topic. And yeah. it goes in a couple of different directions, but like God restraining sin um, mm-hmm. is kind of like point number one yeah. of common grace. And so that's definitely there. So I, I probably could have yaked about that more, but I think that's a really fascinating thing. And, may, and, and maybe in some ways too, just because of me and because of my history with that particular doctrine, that's why it jumped out at me so much. But yeah, um, but yeah, but that's, that's pretty much it, I think, from like a, a big picture thing. So I'm happy to jump into whatever little uh yeah. details you want to jump on
0: two things from verse seven now then return the man's wife for he is a prophet so that he will pray for you and you shall live but if yeah. you do not return to her know that you shall surely die you and all who are yours first did, did I? and i didn't i mean I, I i trust you i don't fact check your sermons but but, <laughs> but but did i hear you say or did i hear correctly that you said this is the first mention of prophet correct yeah. all of the bible yeah huh. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah i wouldn't have guessed yeah, me
1: either, my friend. Huh. Um, But so said uh, both commentaries that I read huh. Um that were a little like, more like the, the detailed level commentaries. Yeah, so that's pretty interesting. And obviously here, you know, it's important to note, and I tried to say this without actually saying it again, mm-hmm. just for the sake of like, you can't say everything in a yeah. sermon, but you know, the idea of prophet here is not some sort of like one who can foresee the future, tell the future sort of prophet, yeah. but more um, specifically referring because even prayer mentioned there in that verse, it's more about the, the prophet's
0: role of being an uh intermediary and, yeah. and intercessor. Um but yeah, first which in most categories <clears throat> aligns more fully with the priestly category, but yeah. but 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 that's not what the word is here. No, <laughs> yeah. Broad. Though
1: obviously I mean again like in Mo- I mean Moses, you know, you have um you know, he he kind of has a little bit of all the functions, but yep. he he obviously intercedes for the people in the in the in the wilderness frequently. Yeah. Um and is able to um Turn back God's wrath
0: through his through his asking, right? Um,
1: yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah,
0: and and then it was cool how how you said you were struck by this verse to learn from studying the passage that that Abram or Abraham, who's with Sarah, has struggled with infertility for years, is praying for yeah uh, praying for another
1: uh, another birth. It's tough, man. I can't imagine. I mean, I I have been and you probably have been as well, Jim, like in maybe a small group setting or some Mm -hmm. sort of like um, discipleship group or just, you know, whatever, where someone is sharing about, you know, infertility and struggling with those kind of things. And people pray for that individual or that couple. Um, and, And there have been times and Carrie and I had a little bit of a hard time getting pregnant with Olivia, our firstborn. And there were times where we were praying for other people even when we were trying, you know, and and it is like a hard thing. And and that's like, you know, we were 30 and, you know, tried for like a year. Yeah. Um, there are people that are much older and try for much longer and even friends of ours that are still trying, but I just can't imagine being 99. (laughs) That's like the (laughs) dominant, and in a a culture where like having a son is everything. Um, yeah. And not just one son, but many sons, you know, right. Let alone just biological children, period. Um, yeah, but him, like praying for this like pagan nation and all these yeah, like, Abimelech's like wife and harem and all the other women in the land and Abraham's like okay God give, <laughs> help him to get pregnant I guess yeah
0: like man that'd be Yeah, it yeah be rough yeah good stuff and that that is gonna relate I'm I'm gonna talk about some of that same stuff this coming Sunday sure. with sure. uh with the birth of yeah. Isaac it's, yeah the birth narrative do do we have do couples have a guarantee of fertility from this passage yeah mm. obviously good. probably not but how do we either yeah how do we appropriate that as God's word and a comfort to us so that's where we're going do you want, want money of the waters sure man so f- my thought here Eric is we can talk uh, kind of along the lines of the two points in the sermon so the foolishness yeah. of Abraham yeah and then the the faithfulness faithfulness of God and then with the Abraham part, yeah, you 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 said good stuff about self reliance um, and how we probably are too self reliant. Yeah, you know, again, I think like
1: um, it's there in the passage. It's a little bit of like the what lies beneath the surface, like I mentioned. Yeah. You know, like the lying mm-hmm. and like the the quote unquote like domestic blackmail that one commentator. That was used. a good phrase. Was yeah. The, okay. That came out of one of the, the commentaries. That's I thought right. That was really wise. Right. Um,
0: that doesn't sound good. Yeah. <laughs> Hey well, you Abraham, put it that way.
1: <laughs> father of the faith. Maybe you shouldn't throw your wife under the bus like this. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. You know, who's who's ninety years old? Like, it's not like she's a young, a young lass either. It yeah, it's bonkers. Um, but yeah, but I think, but but it's that it's that relying on himself, trusting himself more than trusting God that that is is the foundation. It's sort of the idol um, and the false belief that he's leaning on that makes him causes him. To, to do those other things, so it, it seems essential yeah. to um, to touch on it. and again, it's kind of all over this passage the way that he tries to take control tries to make things like work in his favor like he's trying to save his own skin which mm-hmm. again makes the whole like giving your wife to a pagan king look even worse i thought they were gonna kill me it's like yeah. you just gave your 90 year old wife to a pagan king like bro it's like, a bad
0: look what's happening the optics not um, great.
1: the optics of the situation not good so
0: yeah but but again it <laughs> all a, but it all sti- on instagram <laughs> oh boy <laughs> anyway yeah, sorry no, go right, ahead yeah, that's not that's not good yeah
1: um but yeah but it but it all It only makes sense when he's relying on himself. Like, none of that may... If he was fully trusting in God, like, he wouldn't do those things. But he's trusting in his own instincts. He's trusting in his own strategies, Mm -hmm. his own, like, abilities to, like, wiggle out of a situation. Yeah. And it just causes him to, like, just
0: make some really bad choices. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I wrote down the phrase, the siren song of, of self-reliance. That was a yeah. nice turn of phrase, a bon mot, as they say. Thanks, bud. And the, then,
1: yeah, and then when I started The Faithfulness of God, I, I said that God steps in and sovereignly rights the ship.
0: Yeah, boom. That.
1: So I thought
0: that was a nice little... Uh, Inclusio. Uh, little, deal. little deal there so yeah yeah and and i thought you shared appropriately about you know some of your own temptations towards self-reliance and uh, or both or both like sometimes preachers can overshare but 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 there's a sweet spot and at yeah. multiple points in the sermon i th- i thought you inter- interjected good like how does this how does this look for eric mitchell sort of stuff
1: yeah and no, i appreciate you saying it it's kind of one of those things where like i didn't get into any like specific circumstances or situations though I could easily like open like my current journal or my previous like journal and like yeah. pull out dozens of situations that I probably like journaled about over, yeah. the, over the last <clears throat> year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or even just thought about in the last week probably. Um, so yeah, so I didn't get any like specifics, but it is like kind of a long term thing that I'm rec- I recognize about myself and even when I was on sabbatical, even that whole idea of like controlling outcomes, that was like a big part of my sabbatical yep. that I shared with you and I shared with our consistory, our elders and deacons yep. after my sabbatical last summer. And that's continued to be a theme that's resonated with me. And, and again, I just saw it here in this passage. And, and so I wanted to mention that. So yeah, that is something I struggle with for sure. Um, and these are two verses, Psalm twenty-seven and 8, the some trust in chariots, some in horses. And then Proverbs 3 five through eight, and specifically the first two verses. I mean, kids memorize this stuff all the time at, like, Vacation Bible School. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart to not lean on your own understanding. Yeah. Um, you know, those verses come up a lot, like, in your Bible reading plans, and they always stand out to me. Yeah. You know, um, the Psalm one, like, every 60 days in my current plan, the Proverbs one, um, maybe just, maybe maybe twice a year. I think it's, it goes through Proverbs twice a year. So, um, yeah, man, you uh, they come up a lot, and they always stand out to me because it's just, it's an idle, you um, yeah, that I'm, I'm evergreen. I'm, I'm prone parade. to. Yeah, totally. Kind of like some of the weeds that are popping up in my yard right now. Ooh, yeah. Don't don't. Hey yeah. man, it's, it's on my to-do list. It's about time to start spraying. <laughs> Gotta get out there.
0: Yeah. Uh, one other thing for for me with with self-reliance, th- thinking about where where we are culturally with some of that stuff. In some ways, the impulse and the in the cultural drinking water towards self-reliance may be less prominent than it was. A generation or two ago, when, uh, in some ways, at least as far as I can tell, it's never been easier to ask for help. Mm. You know, yeah, you, uh, that's a good thought. personal days didn't used sure. to be a thing in the workplace. Uh, if if an athlete needs to take a break for 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 mental health, uh, right, as long as it's not Ben Simmons, we feel compassion <laughs> towards toward, <laughs> towards that person. Fair enough. The, but where where it potentially. Like a weed crops up again. If I think a lot of us would say culturally, yeah, self-reliance. We're not. We don't need to be completely self-reliant. We need other people. Community is very important, etc. But it creeps back in with this whole idea of believe in yourself, be true to yourself. Yeah, that, right. That, sure. that, that's the modern that's which is still a form of self-reliance mm, where yeah. where all of the truth you need is inside of you to yeah. to to be an absolutely beautiful, perfect person. Yeah. Uh, the, and you
1: may be bringing a team around you, so to speak, to help you do those things. Right. But it's still to, like, fulfill some dream or expectation of who you could be, should be, whether it's internal or external, that's, like, right. you. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're still the one, like, holding the cards, even if you're dealing out a couple to other people to help you. That's not <laughs> a good analogy, but anyway. You've
0: got a. Know when to hold them. Know <laughs> when to go to the faithfulness of God. Here we are. So yeah, the, original, that was the original lyrics. Okay. <laughs> the, did did you ever eat at Kenny Rogers Roasters? It was a no, fast food really chain. Not. It no, was I've never heard of. It, that. It, it, it was the most random. Fa- Kenny Rogers had a short lived fast food chain. It, it, it's worth a worth a Google rabbit hole or, l- or like a Reddit thread huh. when it was roast chicken. And one time in sure. high school, I was vacationing with my parents in Greece, the only time I've ever been to Greece. And, and you went to a Royal Rogers. And we went to a Kenny Rogers Roasters. Not Roy uh, Rogers, that's the just, other. Just, just because at the time I was I was uh, maxing out on Greek food, which I would not have done, I think, more recently. But I was like, can we just get some American food? And a burger. <laughs> and then, then I looked up and started saying, you got to no, no, So Kenny Rogers Roaster not around anymore, but the faithfulness of God is. Tell me more. Uh,
1: um, yeah, man. So yeah, this was, and this was probably the part of the sermon. Like the sermon came together pretty easily, but like this was the section where I, I wrestled a little bit, like how to, how to go through this and also like how to fit in some like application elements. Yeah. And I ended up pretty late in the process, um, kind of taking the application elements from some form of a conclusion and sort of just inserting them into this point. Yeah. Um, and just ending with the with the cross instead. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, so kind of like two, two main things about the faithfulness of God, going back to that theme of tenacity and persistence, mm-hmm. um, which I opened the sermon with, with the cartoonist illustration. Yep. Um, that God is faithful in that way, which we talked about a little bit, how he's going to ensure that his promise happens, that his yeah. promise comes true, um, that that the covenant uh, promise isn't going to fall by the wayside despite Abraham's sinfulness. But then the second part of it, which I think is actually the even more shocking one in some ways is just that God is faithful to Abraham and like showing him like grace and like abundance and generosity, yep. despite again, the fact that he's a total moron in this passage, yep. right? He walks away from this entire situation, like better off, yep. um, which is insane. Yep. Um, but that's God's faithfulness um, in some ways that are, a little bit hard to like comprehend and like
0: accept. Right, yeah, um, yeah. That that came came home to me in the Sodom and Gomorrah passage from Genesis twenty, totally. Where, yeah. where God saves Lot because of His promises to Abraham, not because yeah. Lot, the flea bag Lot, deserves serving in in yeah. in any way. There's a there's a theologian of the 20th century, not exactly in the theological tradition tradition where we would locate ourselves, Eric, but uh, Karl Barth and like neo orthodox right. theology right. would stress one of the main ground motives of how he would talk about grace would be to stress the freedom of God mm. and, and grace which which i think makes sense and is yeah. and, right. and and is true so in god as god gives grace he is absolutely free and unconstrained unconditioned yeah. by by us and we we enjoy god's acting in freedom because he condescends to 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 give grace to us and the flip side is and this, you know, this is everywhere, and like the letters of Paul, if if God pays us back for our, rewards us for our good works instead of dealing with us in grace, then God's obligated to us. That, mm-hmm. that drastically yeah. limits the freedom of God. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. if God yeah. is truly free, he must be gracious and vice versa, somebody like mm-hmm. KB would say.
1: <laughs> no, that is good. And it's funny, too, you know, like, I think you could camp out on that, too, and even tease out the fact that like I think on the one hand we when we hear that that God is free to give grace even to those that are fools yeah when when we put ourselves as that fool mm-hmm. that sounds like really good news right but when we put somebody we really dislike as yeah. that fool that God shows grace it kind of pisses us off yeah Um, and a- we absolutely. have a harder time accepting that yeah and you could really tease that out and camp out on that for a while right um it just goes back to some, some uh,
0: Abraham-like
1: selfishness, <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: and I, I, I may have said in a sermon over the past year, and it is something that I've been thinking about because God can consistently gives grace to losers, like yeah. like, like Abraham here. If it, 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 if you don't get annoyed periodically as a Christian by how God is gracious to people that you don't like you you don't really understand all of the mm-hmm. dimensions of grace so yeah. so 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 grace should buzz our tower we should be grateful for it and it should make us uncomfortable at the same time
1: yeah i think that's
0: right speaking of losers i think i saw you smirk when i said big loser energy oh uh, yeah i uh are you gonna come up to that yeah well, it's in barbed cover okay. but i'm kind of done with money the yeah we can go there yeah. okay so uh was was that a uh, bleeding green nation yeah, reference was, yeah. okay i had it in the notes i, it was, I was ready <laughs> yeah. i was ready i like it. shout well, t- out to blg t- tell me more what big loser energy what's the uh what's the podcast and what is Big Loser Energy uh,
1: well yeah so we're in uh, Philadelphia metro area so uh, Eagles country right. leading Green Nation is the uh, is the SB uh, pod here mm-hmm. locally covers the Eagles and uh, and on kind of I guess the main show yeah Brandon Lee Gouton, one of the hosts um, he likes to talk about Big Loser Energy Big Winner Energy yeah. BLE BWE right if you if you look that up and I think on the pod, this is true. Like over the yeah, last where couple the, of where years, it originated. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah,
0: maybe him. Who
1: knows? Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's deep enough entrenched at this point. I don't know if it matters. Yeah. But um, he uh, but if but if you look it up, big winner energy is is Jalen Hurts, and big loser energy is Carson Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> like kind of by definition at this point. Yep. Um, and in the way they've talked about it over the last few years. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, big winner energy, man. It's like someone that brings the good vibes. They're you know they're a hard worker. Yeah uh you know they say all the right things do all the right things in the locker room out on the field working hard you know then you know big loser energy is the opposite direction there
0: yeah speaking of grace it would be a genuine spiritual challenge to me if, our, <laughs> if carson once would start attending liberty colleagues would sure. <laughs> i'd have to i'd have to do do some work with the lord to be fully welcoming that dude, I'm not gonna to touch that. Okay, so all right, uh, let's go let, let's go to the theologians and then we'll come back to a couple other things. Sure, if it ain't Dutch, it ain't much. You covered your bases, I did, with, did my best, my friend, with with some, some Dutch theologians. So, Louis Bur- Burkhoff, Bavink, Plantinga, yeah, um,
1: boom, 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 baby,
0: yeah, all. All good stuff. They are, they are classics, and and then an, Eng, an Englishman wandered into the room with C.S. Lewis. Yeah,
1: you like that. I'm yep. I'm actually reading this this quote that quote that I gave didn't come from this, but I'm reading um, my pleasure reading book right now is about the Inklings. Um, oh yeah. So I've, I've I've got some C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, and I'm was getting, that a sabbatical you, book originally? It was one I, I bought, and I didn't get to in it. Of your sabbatical. Yeah, yeah, I, I over. I, I, I took a big swing at the plate with like wanting to read a lot of Tolkien and then also get into Inklings and I ran out of time. Yep. So I'm reading. The, I'm, I just started it a couple weeks ago. Who's it by? I don't know. Okay, I have to look. I forget.
0: A recent book?
1: Yeah, recent. Yeah, it's okay. super fat. You nice. would love it. It's big. It's, love it. It's when it arrived in the mail, I was like, oh, this is a little bigger than I thought. <laughs> Did it have like
0: a warning, like <laughs> up. It's like the Ikea, the IKEA dude with like bending with his? Yeah, the box had the, the <laughs> sticker on it. That <laughs>
1: two people picking it up. <laughs> no,
0: it's not that big. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's it's large
1: though. So yeah, it's large and in charge. Yeah, um, but it goes through the other um, main two inklings that I'm less familiar with, and so I'm I'm looking forward to getting to them a little yep. bit too. But anyway, uh, but yeah, got got Lewis in there, which I thought was fun. So,
0: what what was the plant? Did you reference the book or? or no, I didn't mention the book. A... For either. I'd have to go back and look to okay. be honest. Um, cool, I'd, I've so never actually a... read. No, I I read some plant the. Uh... What's his book on sin? Uh, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um, it's probably this one. This is probably it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm blanking. He's on. solid. Yeah, he's solid. You saw it, yeah,
1: former Calvin guy. Um, yep. So yeah, I like him a lot, and um,
0: I like him more than his brother. Cause his brother's harder for me to understand. Calvin. So, yeah. Are, are they actually brothers? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. It's a small world. That's it's Reformed Christianity.
1: But yeah. So anyway. Uh, yes, I had that, uh, Lewis, those are the, those are all the theologians that I, then I referenced the, uh, yep. the cartoonist there.
0: Yeah. Where, where'd you find Tom Toro? Yes. Yeah, so that was
1: just kind of like. Sounds like a fake name. It really does. Or like, he's like the heir to like the Toro brand of like mowers <laughs> is, and Is stuff. it T-O-R-O? T-O-R-O. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look him up. His little, his website that, um. It's a cool story. Yeah. His, his, his website, um, has like all the pictures that have ever been published, um, in the New York Times, so all 200 of them, you can kind of scroll down on a page and look through them. So they are not all yeah. child-appropriate um, necessarily. But um, This is a
0: podcast for grown-ups, Eric.
1: Fair enough. Um, but he uh, – I'm not going exp- like to describe it. <laughs> I'm just giving a w- word of warning.
0: So so what just happened, Helen was is Eric was in the batter, batter's box. I gave him a pitch, and he just watched it go by. <laughs>
1: I watched it go by. But I'm, you know what, though, Jim? I'm getting back in that batter's box before the clock hits 8 and I'm going to be ready. So. Nice. I like it. Um, anyway. So, uh, yeah, that was a great story. Yeah. So I, it was kind of one of those things where I, um, you know, had done some work on the passage, was thinking about it, felt pretty good about – it was kind of all – this is one of those sermons that was just kind of all in my brain before I even really got it fully out on paper, and I felt pretty good about where I was going to go with it all. Yeah. Um, and I just really wanted some sort of opening illustration of, like, persistence and
0: yep. um, steadfast
1: – kind of deal and, and so Out i just kind
0: here, of is six you and you delivered the line like nice buildup yeah historically to the 610th attempt
1: yeah 610 Woo! which is pretty wild i mean again he he probably it was over two years mm-hmm. and he like almost weekly was put in i mean you could do the math but 52 weeks a year so it's like this 100 for easy math uh like 100 weeks over two years like he was putting probably six yeah. cartoons a week right into an envelope and shipping them off. So, I mean, that's intense Gosh. stuff. Um, yeah, pretty wild. So, um, yeah, so it was just a story that I, that I came across as I was looking specifically for a story. Um, and there were some stories that I stumbled across. I thought were interesting and in different, mm-hmm. in different directions. Um, but when I saw this one, I thought it scratched a little bit of a different itch than some of my standard opening type things. Sure. So that him being like an artist and a cartoonist a little bit out of my personal wheelhouse, but, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was great. Yeah, and it was fun to, to dig in a little bit, read a couple articles. He's been on a couple of podcasts. I didn't listen to him, but there's links to it on his website. He? He's I, he's like my age, or maybe a year older. Okay, is that? I think he graduated because it was in 2011 when he dropped out of NYU. That was right. his second year. Yeah. So he's you know, he's younger than me then, because I graduated college in 2010, and he was second. So he would have graduated hmm. in 2013, so he's like three years younger. Than okay. Me. So he's 32, I guess, 33, somewhere around there. Good for double team. Assuming he didn't take any, like, gap years after being valedictorian (laughs) in his high school and then going to Yale. Right. Um, Went on
0: a walkabout. So, anyway. Uh, Yeah, mid-30s. Yep, Bible references, Psalm 20, Proverbs 3, James 1, Numbers 23, John 17, Romans 8, Romans 5, and I might have missed others, but they were all... All good references.
1: Yeah, there was a lot. That was That's more than I normally do. Um, and this is something we've talked about before. And certainly behind the scenes, you and I have talked about, like, what's the sweet spot of, like, how much Bible do you want in a yeah. sermon, like, to go away from the passage? Yeah. So I felt comfortable with that many because, especially when I was talking about immutability and trustworthiness, like, I just touched them really quickly. Yeah. So five five passages I touched in those, like, two paragraphs. Mm-hmm. Right. So they were quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so I felt there were com-
0: shorter passages or shorter references. To yeah. It, it right. Exactly. I just like, like quoted partial that. clauses yeah. and <clears throat> stuff. It wasn't
1: like full quotes. So yeah, I felt comfortable with that list. But as I, even as I wrote down that list in preparation for today, I was like, wow, that's more than I normally do, but it didn't feel like too many. Yeah. I don't think. No, um, felt good. and I, and I did, and again, I, I did really want like in that section on trusting in God, I wanted to give those, those passages, the Psalms and the Proverbs to people and, Read those in full. Like, give give those to people to like think about more later. Yep. I and mean, pretty much all the other ones were more quick hits. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot. Boom. Barbara
0: and covers tunes. Anything else? I think that no. I think that's it. I think he hit it all. Okay. And then guitar slim pickings. Did I did I hear? Uh, smuggle of language from the Jesus Storybook Bible. Sure. With, yeah, uh, I like to sneak
1: that in whenever I can. Yeah. Um, never stopping, never giving up. Always and forever, always and forever, love. love yeah, I didn't like say that. the whole quote, but yeah, I, I like to sneak that in. I mean, we read that a lot with our four-year-old daughter, so mm-hmm. that's on the brain, pretty frequently. And and it's really, I think it's really great language. Um, yeah, so that made its way in. Um, uh, other things, we talked about uh, Girard, like if he mo- like if he went to Girard was an act of faith- unfaithful in of itself. Yeah, uh, endogamy, So you're going to cover that in depth one of these weeks. What, that ma- what was that word? endogamy marriage within a family
0: oh I didn't even know what um, it's, a, it's a new word to me
1: now well, there you go man
0: and write
1: that down on your little fancy tablet over there okay e n d o g a m y yeah yeah so I, I guess polygamy yeah it makes sense yeah I don't think I knew the End. word either to be honest I don't know what Indo is well I, 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 it probably that? just means in
0: so like within yeah yeah yep yeah. so yep that makes sense anyway but I, I'm, I, I'm not gonna google it <laughs> No, I no, I made
1: a mistake of googling something the other day. It's yeah, man, you got to be careful what you Google these days. It's true. Um, it was when I was reading that Inklings book. I googled something. I was like,
0: ooh, whoosh, back, 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 back. Close, close the laptop.
1: Um, but uh, so yeah, so there's that. Which again, I didn't, I didn't. It didn't seem necessary to get it. I mean, that's just like one of those like weedy things. It's yeah. like, do I really need to spend like two minutes talking about this and talk like giving a defense of this? I mean, it's a thing for sure. Like in the Old Testament, yeah. all over the place, and the whole like. I do not even know what I would say about it, so yeah, yeah. So, well, if you ever want to get into it, there you go. Um,
0: Jim's Jim's pastimes and interests include <laughs> including researching the and dogging <laughs> <laughs> and Um,
1: so there's that. Um, yeah, I could have talked more about the office of prophet and just some of that kind of stuff, but again, that felt like something that. Um, just would have gotten kind of weedy. Yep. Um, The one thing that actually I cut out in the moment was I had, like, a short paragraph um, just kind of making, like, a little bit of, like, a joke on the fact that, like, Abraham was 99 and Sarah was 90 and just kind of saying, like, like, I don't know what's stranger about this passage. Like, either the fact that, like, Abraham pimped out his 90-year-old wife or the fact that this pagan king wants a 90-year-old woman. Like... (laughs)
0: So, I, like they're both weird, man. This is what guitar slim pickings are for. Like, I don't I don't yeah. know, I don't know where to go with that. Um, it is pretty bonkers. So
1: anyway. So I didn't I didn't really dig into the fact that she was 90. Though I did mention Abraham was ninety-nine, obviously, in the um during the part where I talked about the him desiring an heir Yep. I think that's it, man. It's, I think that's all I've got from Slim Pickings that I wrote down. Unless you can think of anything else. No.
0: That's all I got too. Helen Wolves, come on and write in. Post Blues at gmail.com and I was gonna make it a dog me joke, but I think, yeah, I, th- not go there. I think that's I think that's odd. But <laughs> speaking of which, how was it? <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the post Sunday blues a preaching post mortem production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe. And you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more post Sunday blues. Here comes some pre Sunday happy.